Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I am your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Yeah, it's been a not, not too bad of a day, so that's good. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, well, I've been bouncing around a few things, like I talked about on the last podcast, uh, Surviving Mars and Black Desert came to Game Pass. Oh, yes. I haven't had a chance to check out Black Desert yet. Um, I did play a little bit of Surviving Mars. Uh, functionally, it was really good. Uh, visually, it was nice looking. The problem is that it's real-time strategy, and I love real-time strategies. They just... They're so not really good on a console. Okay. I mean, especially for somebody like me that grew up on the keyboard and mouse commands... And there's just so many layers because with a real-time strategy, especially like a sur- not a survival in the traditional sense, but in the you know do things in a you know in a kind of semi-specific sequence to make sure that you know you succeed in your goals, kind of a game. There's so many layers upon layers upon layers upon layers, and not having that keyboard and mouse is just such a hindrance. So I just, I mean, I played a couple three hours of it. I liked what I played. I just couldn't get into it. It was just not doable. Okay. Well, you're and then uh, you found out, yeah. and uh, there you go. So, and then Amazon had to go and put a digital code for Division Two on sale. So of course I bought that, and that's pretty much what I've been playing since. Cool. I, I really like it. I mean, it keeps the same formula of Division One of being a very slow uh, tactical third-person shooter it's not a run-and-gun thing in fact running and gunning will get you killed faster than anything mm-hmm. it's very much see where the enemy is you know line up your cover move this move that and it's is that turn-based obviously it's real time yeah. i'm kind of disappointed that there's so much laggy texture pop in i mean i'm having flashbacks to the original mass effect with some of the textures not loading oh. um and on a game with as big of a budget and as much of production that Division 2 had, that's, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still great story-wise. I mean, you play as you know the Division agent where you're trying to reclaim back uh, DC, and they've expanded a lot in terms of the gameplay and the skills. And it's still you know numbers grind with the loot, but it is a looter shooter in the strictest sense of the word. So, Cool. A- anything else? Uh, no, I really haven't had that much time to play anything else. Okay. Uh, I also did get Division 2 today, uh, from obviously the rental stuff. Uh, I have installed it, but I haven't actually started it yet, so uh, in terms of my impressions, that will maybe come next week, uh, if I play at least an hour or whatever in, in the next Are you, week. was that rental for uh, Xbox or PS4? Oh, PS4. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's there's that as well. So I have got it installed. I just haven't started it yet. Um, I haven't played any more of um, Super Hot VR yet. Uh, I'm definitely going to go back to it. But it, it got to the point where sometimes with a VR, because obviously it's a different, fundamentally different game mechanically. With a VR game, sometimes I'm able to recognize more when I need a break, which I think is actually quite a good thing. Because obviously, like uh, when you start. Whenever you start or go back into a game, I think it always gives you the health and safety warning of like you know if you if you feel sick, tired, dizzy, etc. Uh, well, it says it, it says if you do that, consult your doctor. I'm assuming that means if you if it gets really bad. Um, but sometimes I just notice like okay, I'm struggling on this particular part, and I am talking about the game itself. Uh, struggling on a particular part, and I keep doing kind of the same mistakes over and over. Not exactly the same mistakes, but similar mistakes. Uh, and then it kind of got to the point where it's like, all right, I've played this for an hour, and it's like, okay, I need to put this down for like two days or so. Um, and last time I played it was about Saturday, I think. Um, but yeah, I'll absolutely go back to it. But it's it, it really is kind of a different beast in terms of like, let's say you get stuck on a mission on Division 2, and like you're not in VR, you haven't got kind of that sort of strain added to it as well. Because like as as I'm getting more frustrated with like, oh, you know, I didn't stop that bullet hitting me in time in, in super hot and getting frustrated with that, it sort of adds to it in a way. Do you get what I mean? With, mm-hmm. with, like with the added VR thing, uh, I'm not saying that the VR is particularly straining me. It just it all kind of combines together. Um, but I do think it's quite good for health wise when I sort of recognise okay I need a break from this. Uh, I'm getting slightly more tired and like you know I'm I'm not progressing so just you know just put it down botch or play something else and uh, come back to it later. So uh, I haven't played much more but the part that I'm actually stuck on was um, 
it's the bit on I can't remember which disc it is because you you get your you, a character that you play as gets certain like floppy disks uh, like A B and then there's a plain one I think or like a blank one, which is the one that I'm on. Um, I got up to the bit just after um, you have to pick up two hammers and the thing in front of you says hammer time. Um, obviously referencing is that the song that it's uh referencing yeah that was a rapper in the early 90s that mm. went under the moniker mc hammer yeah uh so obviously re- uh, referencing that and uh, the guy with the shotgun comes towards you obviously you control time uh, as, as best as you can hit him with that and it's like it's like a level or two after that that i'm getting sort of stuck on so um there's that as well but the main thing that i've been playing is metal gear solid 2 and i just don't like it as much as metal gear solid 1 a uh, small spoiler for a game that came out i can't remember what year that came out uh, at some point after Metal Gear Solid 1, obviously, which was 1998, I think it said on the PlayStation Classic. Um, you there's, there's a part where you switch characters. You, you switch to a character called... Uh, I, I guess where I'll avoid the spoilers, I'll, I'll avoid talking about what happens with Solid Snake. Um, but essentially, you switch to a character called Jack, and his codename is called Raiden. And I just don't like him <laughs> very much. Uh, he's basically this this, this new kid uh, hired by a foxhound, and it's like, oh, you know, something's happened to Snake or whatever. And uh, you have to play as this guy, and you speak to the colonel, and you speak to this woman called Rose. I also don't like her. Um, she keeps doing this thing where, like, um, I don't know how much Metal Gear you've seen, but in the in the old older ones, um, you'll essentially get you'll get cutscenes still. But you also get like uh, phone calls or radio calls, and what will happen? It will have like the fr- a frequency that comes up, and uh, you get the the ringing in the calls, uh, and then your character's on the right, the character the co- that's calling you or that you're talking to is on the left, and there seems to be this this history with Rose and Raiden or or Jack, I suppose, um, and and it's like okay, uh, Raiden has to go into this area and like clear out some guys and help the president, something like major that he has to do. And Rose is like, hey, have you thought about our relationship in the past and stuff? And it's like, we shouldn't be talking about this right now. I'm about, I might be about to die in a minute, like, if I, you know, don't uh, save the present. And some of, like, I won't say it's a problem, an error with her character. It's more the way that, I guess, the character is deciding to go about when and where she talks to Jack and stuff. Because um, you have to call her to save the game as well. Um, and she'll just say, hey, Jack, do you want to save? And you go and do that and everything. And um, not every time when you save, but sometimes when you save, it'll be like, hey, Jack, I've been thinking about us and stuff. And it's like, just let me get on with the game sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't really like either of those two characters. And I think that's a problem. So, um, but I, I'm hoping that I've heard the Metal Gear Solid 3 is actually a prequel. So, obviously, it will go back further in the past. Um but yeah, it's it was an interesting and uh, I think bad decision to make Raiden the playable character uh, or the main character for for so long in the game. So uh, that's kind of annoying. Um, but other other than that, like the gameplay, the the uh, like cutscenes and the story, the story is kind of bonkers, but it's Kojima. So what else was I expecting? I mean, we've seen the Death Stranding trailers, so. Uh, mm-hmm. you kind of expect him from that, and it's when characters like go to explain, "Hey, this is what the new Metal Gear does," and it just goes into just all sorts of roots and like kind of loses you a little bit. Um, but like you understand the basic kind of premise of of what's going on, and then like villains pop back up, and all that stuff's pretty cool. So uh, it's kind of a mixed bag at the moment, but it's a problem that I don't like the main character that I'm playing as. So. Uh, there's that. Um, so yeah, it's going to be basically super hot. Uh, Division two when I jump into that, and the rest of the Metal Gear stuff uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, and that's what we've been playing. Let's talk about what else we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. Today's sponsor is Koalu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support Entertainment Talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. 
and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, of course, we had a new Game of Thrones podcast out today, which is for Season 8, Episode 5, which is the penultimate episode for the whole series, because it is in the final season. Uh, and we talked about what happened in, in the episode this week and everything, obviously. Uh, and we've got a series finale next week, and it will actually be the first time that Entertainment Talk has ever covered a uh, series finale. Of course, we are also covering uh, iZombie at the moment, but it's not at, it's not near its uh, season, series finale yet. So, uh, yeah, next week, Game of Thrones series finale for uh, Season 8. And uh, that will be very, very interesting. We are going to come back. We're going to take a week uh, break from after that and then the week after we're going to come back and do like a series wrap up for for game of thrones so um yeah there's that as well uh and yeah speaking of final seasons for iZombie we've got our coverage out there for episode one if you're interested in our thoughts on the final season premiere and we'll be back in two weeks three weeks roughly it's got episode three this week isn't it so uh in a couple more weeks to discuss episode five or what's happened leading up to episode five uh, so that'll be for that. Uh, DC shows, we've got new podcasts for Arrow and Flash. Uh, both for episode 20, but for season 5 and for season 7 for those shows. Uh, so that's out there. We'll be back, of course, uh, soon for the season finales. Uh, same with Legends of Tomorrow. We've got uh, 412, which is the newest podcast for that. And we'll be back, we'll be back within the next couple of weeks uh, for Legends of Tomorrow season finale, which is 416. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, gaming talk obviously last week we talked about our predictions for state of play and this week we will be talking about uh, the things that we were interested in that were revealed so not everything necessarily but some of the stuff that's happening there uh, what else is there? Um, last week I did a podcast for uh, Avengers Endgame a part 3 which I think will be the final part that, that I'm doing um, basically it's me on my own for this part and it's all spoilers so it's got a spoiler warning in the title but I basically went and wrote down all of the uh, the moments that mattered a bit more or sort of connected me, with me more uh, in the in the film uh, and discuss those from there as well uh, part one was me and David and part two is me and Robert those two podcasts do have spoiler free sections and I linked those both in the show notes for that episode um, I did a podcast talking about uh, Batman last week and talking about why doesn't Warner Brothers and DC want him on TV because they've had plenty of opportunities so uh, it's I discussed that as well uh, and then lastly um, I did uh, episode 2 of the United cast talking about the end of the Premier League season so for the 18-19 season and also talked about how you could rebuild the Man United team because of the transfer windows opening soon and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Also, last uh, quick thing, um, if you're interested in the upfronts, which is where um, all of the uh, TV networks decide what they've renewed, cancelled and what new shows they're picking up. Me and David did Geek Town this week where we discussed all of that basically. So that's on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, let's move into some news. Would you like to talk about today? Well, as we've talked about a couple of times uh, on the podcast, most games don't give out you know sales numbers unless they're like really really good or mm-hmm. somebody else puts them out and they're really really bad. Well, Take Two Interactive Software announced today in its financial results uh, that ended on uh, fiscal year March thirty first, twenty nineteen. Uh, the revo- the results were defined as strong. With a net revenue growing to 539 million US, which was up from 450.3 million last year. Uh, the biggest contributors were obviously uh, NBA games, Grand Theft Auto Online, which still continues to just print money. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing was the announcement that uh, Red Dead 2 uh, shipped 24 million units as of March 31st, 2019. Now that is shipped, not sold. But as you remember, sorry, what, when we no, first what talked, did you say? Sorry, twenty-four million. Okay, yeah. Now that's shipped. That just means individual boxes sent to stores. But like I was saying, uh, when we talked about the game launch, it now it's being sold for seventeen million. So you got to figure that that twenty-four million 
even on a conservative estimate, 2021 million is sold, which is unbelievably impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the the article that uh if you you know look it up has a whole bunch of like the really really boring like numbers which I'm not going to get into too far. It gets into like, you know, profits and margins and things like that, but still you know, you know, kudos to them for, you know, doing well and double kudos for making a game that sold so many freaking copies. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's quite a success. Uh did they they said 17 million on like the first was it the first day or the first weekend or something? About the for, first uh, week roughly. Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty good as well. I mean, like uh, I remember saying on one of the Geek Town podcasts uh, a few a few months ago um that like I I'd, I'd gone back to Red Dead Redemption 2 to do some of the side cuz I was missing the game and really enjoyed the mechanics and stuff and the whole sort of you know like a stranger comes up to you and they say, "Hey mister, can you help me with this or that?" You can accept or decline, or you can just shoot the person in the face, uh, or you can ride off, or whatever. Um, there's like a lot of different situations that can happen with that, and that opens up a lot of avenues. And like, uh, if you like kill someone that maybe asks for help, and maybe somebody will come up later and say like, "Hey, you killed so and so," and you could get like a small gang after you, maybe like four people in it. And that's not even nothing. None of that is even to do with the main story. And I mean, the main story is incredible as well. Um, they did an amazing job with the open world and the graphics and well, just everything really. So, um, cause I, I, I'll re- always remember that night when like I went back to Red Dead, um, the, and this was like the second day or something, uh, when I, when I'd gone back and I was like, Hey, I haven't done this side quest and this one and this one. And I thought like, Hey, there's nothing stopping me just doing these. Uh, and I kind of put it at the top of my priority list for like games wise and stuff. And, uh, I remember that night I, I played it for like four and a half maybe five hours sort of straight and um that was all side quests and i had such a good time with it and that just goes to show like yeah when you put that amount of effort and they didn't have to do that either they could have just shipped it and said like hey we'll still have like an open world and amazing story but like you could you could have cut the side quest like in half and still probably have sold like as many uh copies and stuff like that uh i mean there was probably side quests i didn't even find because the world's just so big and there was probably characters characters that I didn't find and everything but uh eventually after what like a week and a half or, or so maybe I'd kind of had my my fill again and uh decided okay now I'm I'm finished with Red Dead Redemption 2 um so altogether that was like several weeks worth of of gameplay so I was very very impressed how about you Red Dead and Red Dead 2 is one of those games that I really wish that I could get into. Mm. I mean, I own both of them. I've played both of them a little bit, but for whatever reason, it just never really clicked. And I always never understood that because it's not like I can find any fault with the game. (laughs) Uh, I mean, mechanically, it's great. Visually, especially Red Dead 2, it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know, there's just something intangible about the game that just doesn't click with me what uh, i mean i what part I, are you in the game i literally just barely passed the part where you get off the mountain out of the blizzard okay that that's kind of where the game like sort of clicked in in a bit um because mm-hmm. i i do actually think you know the the first part when you're and none of this is a spoiler we're just talking about locations uh when you're up in the snowy mountains and all that i do think that's pretty slow a, pr- a pretty way mm-hmm. to st- slow way to start the game uh for them to sort of choose that and i remember sort of starting it and i was like huh this is really kind of slow and like it took me a little bit to get clicked in and i was like huh this is kind of disappointing me a little bit and then you got away from there and you opened up all the town and everything and i was like okay this is the red dead redemption 2 that i was kind of excited for so um, what one one small thing I'd actually suggest, not just to you, maybe if other people are having problems clicking with the game, depending on what part you're in with the game, obviously, go and do like one simple sort of bounty hunter mission, something really simple where it's like, uh, again, that's a situation where like depending on which character you're even going to bounty hunt for, uh, you might get killed, you might accidentally kill the person. There's so many different things that could happen, uh, and that might kind of click things into gear a bit. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, they deserve all the success that they've had, and uh, can't wait to see what Rockstar does next in however many years that's going to take for whatever they do next. Uh, my guess would be GTA 6, but uh, we we don't know. So. Um, well, they don't really have any reason to make GTA 6 because thing, GTA yeah. 5, is, and especially GTA Online, is still making just like insane amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, cool, what else would you like to talk about? Well, if you remember this time last year, um, we were getting ready up to the run-up to E3 uh, 2018, mm-hmm. 
And there was an accidental, and I'm using air quotes, ironically accidental, with the leak of Rage 2, which is getting ready to come out. Uh, with that uh, non-box art box art uh, showing up on Walmart's webpage with the yeah. just the black background and Rage like Two, thirty the... games or something that was I can't remember. Yeah, about thirty-ish yeah. games. Mm. Uh, well, they decided to commemorate that uh, with a specially designed skinned controller. Uh, this is something that you can purchase through the uh, um, Bethesda store itself. Okay. Uh, they don't have a list on the price for it, but I imagine uh, that it's going to be there. And they're also giving it away as a uh, as a uh, um, a prize and a giveaway. So if you just search, um, you know, for Wal- Rage Two Walmart controller, uh, you'll pull that up. Um, they don't list the time of when it's actually going to be sold. Um, and the game came out yesterday, so. Uh, but still, it's kind of cool that, you know, that not accidental, accidental leak of the game, and then they're just going to make a controller out of it. I, I just find that funny as hell. Mm. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of leaks and stuff and, like, listings for things, you can do stuff like that by accident, I suppose, and whatever. But, I mean, that was quite a mass sort of leak, wasn't it, with, like, 30 games or however many it was. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see what kind of... Because E3s are like under a month now it's like june 10th or june 9th i think is is the start date let me double check uh, i'm pr- i'm like 80 percent sure it's june 9th is the first one yeah something like that because uh, it's usually like the saturday or something that it starts with ea so yeah the official e3 is june 11th to 13th but like the first press conference is on the uh 9th Who, who's who's got that one i believe that's microsoft the web page is still loading up Okay, um, but yeah, I, I'm guessing within the next couple of weeks, or maybe as soon as like tomorrow, uh, you'll start getting some weird like leaks and bits and pieces of information. Uh, some of which we'll be talking about kind of today. So uh, there's that as well. But um, yeah, um, technically, like in the east, extremist part of technically, E3 starts Friday, June 7th, which is the EA Play kickoff event. That's on a Friday. That's weird. Yeah, okay. that's on a uh, Friday, and then. Uh, uh, Microsoft has their uh, there's a, a couple of EA things on uh, the June on June eighth, which is Saturday, and then uh, Microsoft has their presser on the ninth, which is Sunday. So we are one, two, three plus weeks away. Cool. Getting and up I think, there. I think Square has taken uh, the Sony slot or what's called the Sony slot, mm-hmm. which is six on six o'clock on uh, Monday. So 2 a.m. Yep. UK for some stupid reason. So uh, there's that as well. Um, cool. All right. We're looking forward to E3. What uh, else would you like to talk about? Well, uh, Tetris 99, which is, from what I can tell, an, a kind of an odd game on the Switch. I mean, I love Tetris. I grew up on that game. I mean, literally that came out when I was a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. which was a lot longer ago than I care to admit. <laughs> But the Tetris 99 is the Battle Royale, which I've still, I've seen. I've, I've watched Twitch streamers play that game, and I still don't get the concept of having Tetris as a Battle Royale game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing a uh, $10 big block DLC here in a couple weeks, which includes a, uh, a offline mode. So a Battle Royale game is an offline mode. Which basically you play against ninety-eight CPU opponents for ten bucks. Okay, I, I don't really understand that, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if they'll do. Uh, I'll call this like some FIFA type of thing, where like uh, you'll play against the FIFA computer, and they'll do certain passes and certain movements and get out of certain tackles that don't quite seem possible. Um, where like they'll do this sort of it's been called like scripted play by the community which is where like the team will turn into a bunch of like ronaldos and they'll do these just like ridiculous passes and cross the ball into a goal and score and you you'll be able to do very little about it uh i don't know why that's ever been in the game but that's kind of a thing i wonder if there'll be any similar type of stuff uh in in maybe tetris like some i i I don't know quite how you could do that because there's only certain ways that you can get points in Tetris obviously because football you can score in a lot of different ways um, but uh, yeah sometimes the computer can be a bit better than what it should be in some cases if you get what I mean so mm-hmm. um, like you, you go to like there's been so many times on FIFA when I've like tackled the 
computer and what will happen is like I'll tackle the ball but it will bounce off of one of their players and go straight to one of their other players and then I'll do that like three times and then realize like okay how am I supposed to get the ball sort of thing so um yeah to see if Tetris does anything kind of similar the whole te- you said it, this was like ten dollars or something for this yeah ten dollars for two pieces of DLC one is basically uh pure Tetris where you're just playing against yourself and you just clearing lines mm-hmm. and the other is an on offline uh, dlc you know battle royale mode where you're playing against 98 computer opponents hmm. interesting uh what, what do you think i think it's weird to be honest with yeah, you but yeah. i don't own a switch so obviously it's not anything i'm gonna buy mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah we'll see what happens with with that do they have a date for that when that's happening uh march i'm sorry may 17th may 17th oh two days time on the Friday. Uh, so if you're into Tetris, look out for that and make sure you don't get cheated. So, uh, not money-wise, by the computer. So, uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about? Well, over here in the States, the uh, biggest uh, video game lobby, the Entertainment Software Association, which is a political lobby, uh, just named a new CEO. Uh, Stanley Pierre Lusada is the new president and chief executive officer as of Monday. Uh, he served... Uh, previously as the organization's general counsel since 2015 and basically the lobby is the uh, public face of the organization in washington which doesn't really sound like much and to be honest it kind of is and it kind of isn't because it's a political uh, lobby but they do lobby on behalf of most large game companies Uh, according to the article nearly two-thirds of american adults play video games which i honestly think is a low number what, what uh, number is that? Sorry, two thirds, so about sixty-seven percent. Hmm. Maybe. Which I would think is low because I mean, if you're not counting like mobile games, then yeah, maybe, probably close to that. But if you're counting like mobile games, that's probably closer to eighty percent. Hmm. Yeah. But they're the ones. the The organization is the one that uh, you know goes to courts with different things because. Obviously, loot boxes have been in the news repeatedly with lawsuits for this and that and the other. So they would yeah. be somebody that would uh, argue on the merits of this law or that law. And it's one of those things that it's it runs in the background, for lack of a better word, um, but it is part of the industry. So it's I try to keep abreast of it, if nothing else, just so I know a little bit about it. Um, I don't know this person. I've never heard of this person. The organization from what articles I've been able to find is fairly neutral in terms of uh, legality and politics. They don't really get into that. They're more of, you know, trying to protect the interest of uh, obviously the, uh, the game developers since that, that is their client. So, you know, take that with it as you will. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's clear that like loot boxes and all that sort of stuff need a lot more control. Uh, I did see Jason Schreier, uh, I believe he's at Kotaku, isn't he? So, I think I, 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 I don't think know. He's at Kotaku, yeah, uh, he posted this article about the U.S. senator, um, something about him looking into loot boxes or, or or controlling them in in some sort of way. I I didn't actually read like the whole story. Yeah, um, I mean, basically they're trying to fault throw that under the category of gambling, which I reject that argument because in terms of gambling you can actually win a profitable monetary amount and in loot boxes yeah there's rare items that have like a really really low chance of actually hitting uh but there's no way to really profit out of that directly yeah kind of sort of earn money back from it yeah kind of sort of a little bit indirectly like if you're a twitch streamer or any kind of like youtube streamer or just youtube personality or something like that yeah um, having better gear can sort of, kind of, a little bit enhance your, you know, skill set and uh, things like that. But it's so indirect mm. um, yeah. that I don't. I mean, that's my personal opinion. That's obviously not with you know the legal opinion. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if we were to file it on the gambling, I think it would be like video game gambling because you 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 are in a way gambling for like, okay, if you open like a pack on Ultimate Team and you don't get quite what you wanted but the gamble is you don't know what you're going to get that is kind of in a way but i get mm. i get what you mean about the whole like if i put a bit on man united to win 
they either do or they don't or they maybe draw like a, a middle portion but again I either win that money or I don't and if 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 I put a bet on them to win and they do win then I do earn the money or, or gain the money but I, I suppose yeah I suppose it's just like a different type of gambling isn't it so uh, where you can't win the money but you can win certain things and it's a gamble as to whether or not you win the thing that you want so uh, again, it, it kind of depends on. I mean, it, which game you're you're talking about? Because yeah, uh, they will have like different stuff. So is that yeah, thing? with the exception of like maybe a couple of games that I know of, it's not like you can sell it. Now, if it's a loot box item that you get and you can turn around and sell on some weird market, then maybe kind of sort of I could see that argument. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's just an unfortunate overreaction to where a thing is bad so we must do a thing to overcorrect the thing for the thing we don't like which sadly is how far too many laws get put into motion but it's neither here nor there cool all right uh what else have you got to talk about uh well the last thing that i've got to talk about and like i said before we're three plus weeks away from e3 so this is going to be ramped up so i see this as a, a future thing for the upcoming podcasts is the pre-E3 announcement announcements. And the first one up is going to be AMD, which is the uh, processor for a lot of uh, the computer components, for people that are PC gamers, and some of the upcoming uh, uh, software for upcoming hardware for consoles. Because I think they said that the upcoming PS5 is going to have an AMD chip in it. Uh, anyway, AMD as a company announced that they're going to have a massive announcement at E3. Uh, past that, every article I find just talks about you know what their current specs are, what the current uh, um, hardware is, and what they kind of guesstimate will be in the future. But past that, it's just one of those things that we're trying to get our name out of the news, so we're going to pre-announce something. Right, yeah, to sort of get ahead of things. Um, I mean, obviously in yeah. terms of PC gaming, that's not where I kind of fit in. And that that does kind of make me curious mm-hmm. as to like you know what I this is something I've been thinking about a little bit but not too much at the Google Stadia thing when they said hey we fa- we found the lowest running computer that we could I, m- I remember they said something like that because they were doing the whole switch between switch between the devices like tablets phones uh, PCs and all that they said we found the lowest this is the lowest running PC that we could find and it was running Assassin's Creed fairly well. Um, kind of does make me wonder, like, okay, even with, like, um, you know, again, the bandwidth is kind of one of the, the things with that as well, because not only is your device going to be able to have to be able to handle it, like, if your, if your tablet or phone can run the games well, it's also going to depend on your bandwidth and stuff, uh, kind of does make me wonder, like, would that work on my, uh, PC, so, Mm -hmm. but, again, we don't kind of know until later, um, but yeah, what, what do you think of this uh, PC stuff? Well, in a weird sort of way, it kind of costs AMD money because I don't do a whole lot of PC gaming, but I still do some of it, and I do some other things on PC, mostly my photo editing. Right. And I've been in the process of getting prepped for a new build because my the computer that I have now is functional, but it's about 10 years old, and so... A lot of the stuff that I'm trying to do just runs super slow on it just because the hardware is out of date. Uh, so I've been buying components here and there when I've had the money, you know, the spare cash or something's gone on sale. Mm-hmm. And I was prepped to do a big purchase for a new base computer revolving around the AMD chip because I'm a big AMD fan. I've been using them for several years now. And they made that announcement. I'm like, well, whatever they're going to announce is going to affect the price of... Uh, whatever I buy, because obviously I don't have $6,000 to drop on a, <laughs> you know an absolute high-end PC. Yeah. But since I know the tech and I know how to build the tech, I can buy components for way cheaper than that. Mm. But what I'm planning on buying has a better-than-average chance of going on sale after the announcement. So that actually stopped me from making a purchase. Mm. It's kind of funny when I walk through. I don't know if you've heard of PC World over here or what, what stores you have over there. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes I'll walk through there just to see, like, okay, have they got any, like, cables or anything kind of on sale? Uh, or, like, what sort of prices are they doing stuff? And they've always got this little middle section of, like, laptops and PCs. And there's always, like, the one or two laptops that I walk across or walk past, rather. Um, they're, like, 3000 £2,000. And I'm just, like, 
I bet that thing's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, there's that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of looking into a new uh, laptop. I won't need something that's that like crazy because it will just be for podcasts and that. Because uh, this thing, this thing's still going pretty well, but like sometimes it can be slower than what it probably should be. But I have had it for like probably three years now, so mm-hmm. um, this is kind of time to figure that out. And the battery is doing some like weird stuff where. It like won't fully charge, but it will stay on. So, um, like, it's it's at like eighty three percent, and it like is plugged in but not charging, but the battery's like not dying. So, um, yeah, I, I it's kind of... using up enough power to offset whatever it's gaining from the charging. So, yeah, yeah, and like I, I've I've tested it a couple of times where I've like taken out the charger and it has stayed on, hasn't like instantly died or whatever. So the battery the battery still does have power in it. It's just not fully charged. Um, I do actually have a spare battery on the side just in case it dies because. I wouldn't want to like, hey, coming home to do gaming talk or Game of Thrones or whatever, and then the laptop won't turn on because it's got no yeah. power. Like the microphone's fine, everything's fine, but the thing that I want won't turn on. So I've got a spare battery just in case. Uh, yeah, probably. and with uh, my PC build, a part of it is just some of the weird glitches that I haven't been able to isolate. And I work with a couple like really, really like crazy smart high-end PC dudes, and they haven't figured it out either. Like, one of the glitches that I have mm. is that if there's anything plugged into a USB slot, uh, the computer won't boot. It'll actually fail before the power-on self-test, the post, as it's called. Mm. Um, if anything's plugged into USB, the computer will just straight up not start before that. What about uh, with the only exception being the keyboard, and that doesn't power on until after the post. Okay. What about if you put the thing on first and then put the USB stuff in? No, see, it, it, if I leave anything USB plugged in, the computer just won't turn on. I mean, it'll turn on in terms of, you know, the, the power will kick on and the fans will go and the, everything all like that. But I, it actually won't pass the post-test. Okay, right. Um, and then, you know, I have problems with the sound card because the integrated one I can't seem to disable it with the one that's put into it. So I can't have any kind of microphone plugged in it or it'll screw things up. Mm. And then plus when I'm running any game, I mean, even not even like game on like the high-end settings, but like on any average settings, a game will run anywhere between 60 and 85% on the CPU and 50 and 90% on the pro- on the uh, RAM. So it's not that it's not running, it's just it's so old that it's just not able to run what I need it to run. So Okay, cool. Uh, Alright, that's, that's all the stuff you've got to talk about? Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, so we're moving on to uh, my stuff, which is I've got a few things to talk about here. Uh, Sony State of Play was last week. It was the day after last week's predictions podcast. Um, we, I, I, you didn't make too many predictions because you were you just I remember you sort of said you weren't sure what they were going to show, which was fair enough because they showed some stuff I didn't think they would. Uh, I remember saying like there might be a new Uncharted. That didn't happen, but that's fine. Um, again, predictions can be can be wrong. That's fine to to do. So. Uh, it's happened enough time as Game of Thrones this season. Uh, Medieval, they came back and talked about that and showed off some more of it. It's got a 25th of October uh, release date. You can pre-order it now on um, the PlayStation Store. It's £25, which is $30. At least that's what it said in one of the articles that I clicked on. Uh, what did, uh, first of all, what did you think of Sony's uh, State of Play, the second one? Well, I made fun of the first State of Play on how short it was. Mm-hmm. And I was actually impressed that they actually made it shorter. Yeah. I was stunned that they could make a state of play and make it almost half the time. Because the first one was like 18 minutes and the, the second one was 13. I'm, not, I'm sorry, but that's... What are you even doing? Why are you even doing anything if you're doing like a, a game announcement and it's 13 minutes? Mm. Yeah. Do you think they maybe should have combined them or something? They could have easily combined them, or they could just not speak as fast, and instead of just showing, like, five seconds of this, five seconds of this, five seconds of this, you know, dedicate a minimum of two minutes to any project, because any project, people are going to want to at least know the bare minimum about it, and I just don't see how you get any kind of bare minimum without spending at least two minutes on it. Uh, yeah, so they um, showed, of course, Medieval. Uh, what did you think of what they showed? I mean, I never played Medieval, so it doesn't hold that you know that nostalgic place in my heart. But I know a lot of people are really excited about it, so you know, kudos to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, past that, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, 
Uh, I don't have the nostalgia for it either. Uh, but I am excited to play it. It looks kind of cool. I, I do remember the... I remember sort of seeing the character probably on like magazines or posters or, or something like that. Probably saw it somewhere. Like with the old PlayStation magazines and all that. Um, so I do remember the character and I have seen him a lot of times before. So I'm curious to see like what he's about and... Um, uh, all that kind of stuff. The gameplay looks kind of interesting. It's not really something I've kind of seen that much of before. I mean, it looks like a, a normal kind of, you know, you go through and you use your sword and you kind of do all that sort of stuff. Um, but the whole, like, spinning around thing that he does, I think, is, is kind of cool. Obviously, he's a, he's a skeleton. Um, so that's pretty cool to see. There, there were some interesting kind of enemies that they showed as well. Some that have, like just like different attacks and stuff and it looked like you had to do certain different things and like you kind of said with them having it being shorter I felt like there was there were certain scenes I wanted to see a bit more of like the one I, I just kind of gave an example of where they showed there was like this like electricity coming off of one of the enemies or something and I was like huh what's what's that character kind of like, like what's he got going on sort of thing um so I wanted to see a bit more of it but um I mean it's coming out in October so maybe we'll see some more in, in the coming months but um it, it's kind of strange that they, that they decided, hey, we're going to put Medieval in the announcement of the state of play. Like, hey, we're going to be showing more of this game. Um, and that will be, like, one of the things that we show. And then they didn't show that much of it. Like, I felt like they showed more of uh, Monster Hunter with the, the Frozen stuff than they did of Medieval, which was kind of interesting. Well, to be fair, they showed barely anything of barely anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, says so that as well. Uh, Final Fantasy VII was re-revealed, I suppose. When when did we last saw this? See this? Was it like twenty seventeen? I've lost track, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been at least like a eighteen months to two years or or something. Um, I'm actually kind of interested in this. Um, how how do you feel about it? Well, as I mentioned on one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, I'll be happy for it to be released, just so everybody will shut the hell up about it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they've been talking this re-release of the re-release off and on for the better part of ten years, and every time they, every time somebody brings up Final Fantasy VII, I just have that flashback from Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail, where everybody's just standing there and saying, "Get on with it!" Yeah, um, so you said that was from Mon- Monty Python. Yeah, Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail, probably my top five favorite movies of all time. Cool. I don't think I've seen that. So maybe a classic review soon. And you call yourself a Brit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the re-release, uh, or re... What, what would you call this? Like a remake? Isn't it like a, a Telltale style where it's episodic? They they have said it's epi- episodic. Um, I, I don't know what that means because I, I never played... I've seen some gameplay of the... The original, and it was on the uh, PlayStation Classic that I had. But other than that, I don't know like how that's going to affect the story structure or really anything like that. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see like how, of course, how far apart the episodes are released and everything. So, um, yeah, they said that there's more to come in June. Which, hey, E3 and Square Enix, I'm sure it will probably be there, and that's put, <clears throat> and that's probably what they mean. So, one hundred percent, it'll be there. Yeah, that's that. A uh, new Predator game was uh, announced, and it's going to be uh, like a what was that? What was that game that failed? That was called Evolve. Aliens, Colonial Marines. Oh no, I was thinking of uh, Evolve, the multiplayer style kind of thing. A lot of people said that's it sounds similar to what that's going to be like, or mm-hmm. what that was like, which doesn't sound very good because Evolve kind of died. Um, are you a Predator fan, like an Alien fan, or or anything like that? I mean, I've seen the first two movies. I think I've caught part of three and part of four. I haven't seen the god-awful remake, obviously, because it just got trashed with every prequel. Well, not prequel, but every you know preview of it I saw, it just looked so bad. I couldn't subject myself to it. I think I've seen two, maybe three of them. I couldn't tell you what happened because I can't remember. Um... Uh, in terms of the newer ones, I haven't seen any of those. I heard that um, Alien Covenant, I think, was one of the new ones. wasn't very good, so I just I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention, but I'm kind of interested in the in the in what they are and stuff. Um, I obviously I've, I've watched uh, uh, the Oxcast team. I don't know if you've heard of them. It was Hannah and Kim. They played through it on uh, YouTube, and that was pretty fun to watch. There was a lot of parts because that game is very very long. 
Um, but that was pretty fun to, to watch through. I think I watched that like over the uh, Christmas period and stuff. So uh, that was pretty fun. Um, do you have any excitement level for a Predator game? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I'm sure there will be some people that are into it, and I'm not going to rain on their parade. I hope the game functions well. I hope it's enjoyable. I hope they have tons of fun playing it. But outside of that, you know, it's not anything that's really in my wheelhouse. So Cool. Uh, and there was some other stuff, but we, we didn't note uh, a lot of it down. There was like a new grey PS4, but no one's talking about that. So I guess we don't need to talk about that. Um, the, I will say the way they revealed that was a bit dramatic. Like they they showed all the curves and the edges and all. It's a it's a new PlayStation thing, um, and then it's just like this grey looking PlayStation. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's what that is. So see, it didn't really look cool when they came out with like the retro anniversary PS4 that kind of looked like the PS1. That one was kind of cool. I mean, I wouldn't spend the extra money on it, but I can understand the aesthetic of it. Mm. And then they came out with that weird one that had like the blue. It was blue, and it had, like, all the PlayStation uh, button logos on it. That one actually looked really, really cool, but, again, it's not anything that I would spend money on. Mm-hmm. This one was just so basic and generic. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, and that's all the sky. Is there anything else from State of Play that you remember that you wanted to talk about? To be honest, the thing went so fast, I barely remember anything <laughs> from it. That was kind of, yeah, I went to write these notes, and I did look up a couple of things. Um and I was like, wait a minute, what did... Because I remember, obviously, like, Final Fantasy and Medieval. Those are the two big things that I remembered. But other than that, I either didn't remember stuff or couldn't find the information. So, uh, but as always, we have feedback options. Uh, if there's anything from State of Play that you'd like our opinions on, or anything in gaming, or anything like that, uh, matthewdentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, contact page, and information in your show notes. Uh, before we do get to emails, we have one kind of thing that has sort of been talked about not really announced and sort of debunked but we're gonna talk about it today uh, as a question mark over a new splinter cell uh information that got um released yesterday one of the developers at ubisoft or someone involved with the game said hey been enjoying working on like splinter cell more e3 uh you had some more information on this or something you wanted to yeah i mean that obviously kind of blew up the internet uh pretty much yeah. every person that was involved in gaming was just like wait what uh, even Ryan McCaffrey tweeted out, it's like, what were you talking about again? Mm. Um, but I'm on a website called GameRevolution.com, and apparently somebody officially, officially at Ubisoft told Game Informer that the tweet was, quote, obviously, end quote, a joke, and that the publisher does, quote, not have any announcements to make at this time, end quote. Uh, they speculate that it's a possibility that there might be a cover-up for something for E3, but I'm not a fan of like fake quotes like this and stuff like that because all you're doing is getting the fan base excited for something that won't come out. I mean, obviously we talked earlier in the podcast about the uh, controller immortalizing the Rage 2 leak, but that game was eventually announced and that game did come out. And when yeah. that leak, when that, and I'm using the air quotes here, leak happened with Walmart's website. Um, obviously, they pretended to be upset about it, but all it did was you know, hype people up for a product they knew was coming out. Mm. If this is something that doesn't come out, you're hyping people up for something that will not come out. And you and I have both talked about how long it's been since a Splitter Cell game came out. Yeah. And I think it was 2013. Yep, 2013. And my only really fear is that it kind of falls into the Skate 4 category of everybody says they want that, and then they make it, and nobody buys it. But then again, how many people said, you know, we want a Red Dead 2, and they made a Red Dead 2, and they sold 90 bazillion of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I am on the side of they accidentally announced this. Uh, it will be E3. Again, this is me just predicting. I don't know anything, so... Um, or about this, so um, I think that Ubisoft is doing a little bit of damage control, eh, like a little bit of damage control, because like it's not as if this was something like bad that happened. Like damage control mm-hmm. is when you know an actress or someone says I got fired because of so and so, and AMC or ABC or whoever comes out and says no, it was this, and they try to sort of do damage control. I think this is more damage control in terms of like, hey, you weren't supposed to say this this early, maybe, and uh, there will be more E3 in June, but 
you you said something too early, basically. So yeah. Uh, personally, I hope that a Splinter Cell game is a thing. Not necessarily oh, yeah. for me, but just more for the fan base. Oh, I'd love one. Because, yeah, I know you want one. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hope is that it is a thing and it comes out just so the the people that are the fans uh, can enjoy more of what they love. Which mm-hmm. is really all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you can snap your fingers and make a game. It's a... Especially these days, it's a very, very involved process to make mm-hmm. a game, and so obviously it's not something that you know is done in five minutes. But hopefully, it's something that can be done eventually. Yeah, I mean, when they both went backwards compatible, uh, Blacklist and Conviction, mm-hmm. I got both of them within a week and played them back to back and loved all of it. So, um, I mean, there's probably parts of the game that I don't remember that I didn't enjoy, but ninety percent of both of those games I enjoyed. Uh, and I played them back to back, and it was like, I couldn't wait to get to the next one, so... Uh, and then even, like, it's, it's interesting, because obviously those came out in 2013, and before that... Uh, I was kind of thinking, like, okay, we haven't had a Splinter Cell this generation, we're coming apparently close to the next generation with PlayStation 5 and all that. <clears throat> um, and I was kind of thinking, like, okay, what, what what would this game be like in 2019, like, if we had a, a brand new one? So, uh, that was fun to think about as well. Um, but I, I do think we'll see it this year. Although I said that last year and we, we were all wrong. So Yeah, and that's how you know it's something that's truly in your heart when, you, when you're sure that there are bad things about it, but you don't even remember it because you were enjoying the good things so much mm-hmm. that the bad things just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I mean, was, I'm sure there was like missions I maybe got stuck on or I rolled around the wrong corner or uh, came away from cover when I wasn't supposed to and got shot or something. Uh, I'm sure those things happen, but don't remember them quite that much. So, um, I like the the last boss on uh, whichever one is is the newer game. I think it's Blacklist. Um, was like really really difficult, and I wasn't like annoyed as to like oh this is this is bad. It was like I'm really struggling. There is a way to do this, but I can't quite figure it out. Um, but again, it was that kind of fun challenge thing. So there's that as well. Uh, that's all the news we do have for you, or news and. Speculation, but get ready for more speculation because we're coming up to E3 and these things are, are going to be happening. And this this is kind of the start of it in a way. So um, we'll see what else comes out. Uh, feedback, I already said how you can send that in. But Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, contact page, and uh, information in your show notes. Haley says, hey guys, with all next-gen talk, what do you actually want your next Xbox or PlayStation to be able to do? Multitasking is something I'd like to see be ha- be able to be uh, handled better, and I quite agree though. Because on PlayStation, switching between YouTube and Division Two or whatever game is a bit more awkward than what it should be. Um, it's not quite so bad on the Xbox, I find, because when you do open the uh, the guide, it usually has like your newest stuff or the stuff you've most recently visited. Like if you go on the dashboard and you're switching between like YouTube and Sea of Thieves or something, they're usually mm-hmm. like next to each other ish. And, like, you can usually go between them quite well. Uh, I do have an answer, but what would you... Uh, do, do you have anything you want your next Xbox or PlayStation to do? Well, I don't think that's on so much the developer of the platform for PlayStation and Microsoft. I think that's more on the app itself. Because this is actually a conversation right. I had with... Uh, no, no, but I mean, um, when, you, when you're in, like, um, Uncharted 4, you press the home button, you open the TV app, and then that loads, and then you click on YouTube, and then it goes to there. I think that's mm. too awkward. That's kind of what I mean. So Yeah. Uh, it's not perfect, but I'm talking about in terms of functionality. Like, I was in a discussion with... Uh, somebody that's in an, another podcast group that I listen to, they were talking about uh, which apps work. Like if I switch between video apps, uh, like between YouTube and Hulu and Netflix, like those apps will restart. So, uh, you know, okay. I'm watching something on YouTube and I kind of want to watch something on Netflix to catch up. And I go to that and then whatever I want to watch is either not working or, you know, I change my mind or something and go back to YouTube. It doesn't start up where I left off. Whereas if I'm in a game and then I go to YouTube to look at something and then I go back to the game, the game is usually running again. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the background apps like uh, Spotify, Pandora, things like that, to where they can actually run in the back on background while you're running other games. It actually threw me for a loop because I was doing some house cleaning <laughs> and I was, had the uh, Amazon Music app going on my Xbox, mm-hmm. and then I. Uh, you know, started up uh, um, Division Two because I just purchased that, and then 
I was getting like this weird kind of music going on. I was like, what the hell is that? And then I realized that the Amazon music app was still running, even though I had the division going and that was pretty much flawless. I didn't have to do anything. Hmm. Um, and I'm, I haven't tried it. I'm sure that's the case with like all the music and audio apps like Pandora or Spotify or iHeartRadio or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, going back to what I said with the video apps, if it's something video related that's running, they tend to restart and going between videos and games, it's kind of 50 50 on whether or not it'll work. But I put that more on the software end of the app developer for anything else. Uh, for example, I watch a lot of Twitch on my Xbox because I got my nice big, you know, 46 inch screen TV mm-hmm. running Twitch, but I can't do any of the custom emotes on Twitch on the Xbox app. So, like, I, if you're. I noticed that the other day, I was watching uh, Bold Move because Aaron and Cecily mm-hmm. are playing through uh, Mario, well, one of the Mario games. Uh, I couldn't tell you which one it is. Um, and I went to, Aaron said something like ridiculously funny and I went to do the, uh, the crying laughing thing and it came out mm-hmm. as like question marks or something. And I like, you know, in, in, in the heat of the moment, sort of, uh, completely laughing my, myself, hit the, the chat thing, went to, uh, the emojis, just not spam the thing, but press the, um, laugh emoji like five or six times, sent it. And then it came up with a bunch of like question marks. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this doesn't work. Well, even so, worse than that, if you get, if you're a, a sub to one of the channels and that sub channel gives you like special permission emotes they don't even show up at all as an option Mm. it's like you know so if you sub to a channel and they have emotes just for subs you can't use those emotes in the chat at all it's not an option yeah which is weird i mean i mean it sort of should work with the emoji things because it just sort of but again that's not anything on microsoft's and that's more on uh um Twitch. The Twitch is in for mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, so, yeah, is there anything that you'd, you'd like, basically? Uh, not really, no. I mean, the Xbox I, I use the most, and outside of what I've just mentioned, it's fairly functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS4 I don't use a whole lot, to be honest, but it's one of those things that uh, uh, what I, when I do use it, it's it functions well and it does well, and so I don't really have any issues with it per se. Um, the screen is a little clunky, but since I don't use it hardly at ever, it's not that big of an issue. So, Yeah. Um, for me, I'd like console startups to, to be a thing again. And but before anyone says to me, oh, it would like, you'd have to wait for it to load and stuff, you could... I'm assuming you could do a thing where, like, settings, console startup, switch off if you if you just don't want it. Because, um, yeah, I mean, the, the only... the, the Console out of the consoles I have at the moment, the one that does the best startup is actually probably the PS3, and even that's like short and kind of to the point. Because um, even when you turn on your Xbox, if it isn't in the um, energy saving mode and it does a little quick swoosh sort of thing, it doesn't do anything and it's just kind of a, a little bit boring in that. Uh, the PS4 doesn't really do a lot unless you have the like a theme put in there, maybe like like with the um, anniversary theme, it starts playing the PS1 intro but it's kind of like in the background and stuff um because think about like all the iconic uh startups we've had like the ps1 thing which is probably the most notable one we've had um was that the game the gamecube thing? yeah the gamecube thing i mean i put them all in the uh what's it the news uh segue jingle thing like the ps2 stuff when that happened um they, they sort of stopped after because the 360 had a good one where it like the swoosh around the um like the ball sort of turning around and all that. That was that was kind of cool. So it seems yeah, like, it seems like post the three sixty PS that the well the, to be fair, most people haven't either. So. Right, there's only like twelve. Is it twelve million or sixteen million people that have a Wii U? I can't remember. Uh, it's <laughs> One of those two, but freakishly low for that yeah, console. Those are basically the only people that have seen that. Uh, so I don't even know what that noise that does. The Switch doesn't do anything. Um. So yeah, the last kind of ones that I remember is the 360 and the PS3, and I still use my my PS3s for Metal Gear and all that. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the only one that I sort of see. So um, I mean, unless like, hey, you boot up your PS5 for the first time and it does a little something, and then it never does it again because it's in rest mode, you just never really see it. So um, yeah, the only time that I ever even vaguely remember that was when they did a special edition console for uh, Force of Six. And they made a special edition Forza 6 console. Yeah. And it had a unique startup noise to it. Oh, it yeah, had yeah. the engine, it like the engine starting. Thing, yeah. Yeah. 
And that's the only time it even came close to registering as something special or different, so... Because mm-hmm. I get it, in 2019 you want speed, you want your games to load, you want to get into stuff as quick as possible, but... If you don't want your console to make a startup noise, I guess you could just go to settings, start up, and switch it off. So, uh, there's that. Um, Luke says, with the two of you repeatedly, uh, yeah, repeatedly saying that it's great to see people enjoy games that you're not into. So, like Monster Hunter World, I guess. Uh, was interesting to see. Was interested to see what games you actually hate. For me, it's Battlefront 2. Not only did they mess up the multiplayer for obvious reasons, uh, but the story and the gameplay in in the campaign was just so boring. Uh, I kind of agree with him with that. I don't know. Did you play the Battlefront 2 campaign? Star Wars Battlefront 2? No, I was never really into the shooters. Okay, I, and I agree that that was kind of a little bit boring. So. Um. Yeah. Is there any games that you've? I guess either like Rage Quit. I guess you could put into this scenario um or just really disliked a lot so the only one that i can really think of is a really really old game that came out on the sega dreamcast called soul fighter okay i mean it's because this was when soul caliber came out and that's such a great game and so they're trying to you know piggyback onto that and it was such a bad game that uh, drove me nuts um, I'm trying to think of any game that I hated. I mean, there's been tons of games that I've not enjoyed and not gone back to, but that's usually just been more of a personal preference of not enjoying either the aesthetic or something like that. I can't remember the last time a game had such a lack of functionality that I actually quit quit it and didn't go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my, the two examples I usually bring up is Virginia and um, Charles of the Blood Dragon. Virginia was just... Uh, again, I've, I've probably said this before, but I challenge anyone to go make sense of what happened in that game because I don't think that you can, unless you're the developer or the writer of the game or something, and you probably say, hey, this scene meant this and that and whatever. Uh, and no, I didn't bother to look up any interviews or anything because... Um, and the, the strange thing is with those two is I did actually finish those two games, and I don't quite know why. Um, with Virginia, it was a case of like, okay, I think I'm right at the end of the story, and I was, and it started to just completely unravel and make no sense. Um, and then I kind of just... There was like 10 minutes left or something, and I finished it, and then I was like... Um, I, I did actually write a review for that quite a long time ago. I don't know what the grammar's like on it or anything, but... Uh, for reference, you could probably go and read that. I think I did the same thing with Trials of the Blood Dragon. Um, again, I don't know if the grammar's good on that one, but um, I did write those two reviews. So if you want more reasons as to why I didn't like those, uh, those two out there on the on the site, uh, just search for them or whatever. Um, I think Resident Evil 5's an interesting one where I don't know why I finished that game either. And if I was to play that today, I probably wouldn't finish it. Because I'd realise how bad the AI is and I'd realise how bad, like, how unreliable it is as well. Even when you give the AI character or your, your partner that you're with, like, the healing stuff, they use it at, like, the most stupidest times and they just spray ammo and all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, yeah, th- th- those those are the three games that come to mind where I don't know why I finished any of them. Um, I think Trials was more like, hey, I hope the next level's got more bike stuff. Um, and it did or didn't or tried to combine them and failed. Um, Virginia, obviously, like I said, with the story and Resident Evil, I, I don't actually know why I finished that. So I think that was kind of a situation where, like, I think this fight with Wesker is coming up and it came up and it was like... Okay, you can do this stab technique where you beat him, and then that was that. So, uh, yeah, that's our that's our answers to those two questions. Thank you to both of you for writing in. Of course, you can write in with the methods I already mentioned. Uh, but that's what we've got for you for random gaming talk this week. We'll be back next week, of course, with more stuff. See if there's any more E3 discussion, leaks, or damage control, or whatever happens. Uh, but you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org if you'd like to support the podcast support entertainment talk there's patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk that's where you can redeem rewards of your choice choosing whatever uh, amazon affiliate link um you kind of mentioned amazon earlier with the music stuff but you can go on there and use our affiliate link uh we'll get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those as well um uh, and if you don't want to write review on the itunes thing you can uh you can still just tap on the ratings thing that will help us out as well if you don't want to do any of that 
uh, you can just use word of mouth to your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. That helps us out as well. It helps us out more than you'd probably realise, but it does help us out as well. Uh, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, call social media. Uh, I'm trying to be a lot more active with the Instagram account, at least to the point where I'm posting, okay, we have this that's uploaded and stuff. So uh, check us out on Instagram as well. Um, that's out there that we've got. Uh, put the posts in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to, all that kind of stuff that helps us out as well. Uh, lastly, video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David, play any of these games that we're talking about, you can watch me and uh, me and David on Twitch, and me and, and Robert on uh, Mixer as well, so you can check that out. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you on the next podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.